We're beheaded for the serious try. Now you make the scene all day, but tomorrow they'll be held to pay. I mean about future calamity I used to think the idea was obsolete Until I heard the old man dampen his feet This is a place where eternally to their body. Teeth are extruded and born to ground and baked into cakes which are passed around. Morning, everybody. Welcome to the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ. Hopefully, you can all hear me. It is 7 a.m. where I am, and we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, before we get going here, I just want to say congratulations to Mark Brotherson. I just want to announce that my daughter Ella Brotherson was born yesterday at 34 weeks without complications. Boom! Boom! Both baby and mama are doing great. Thanks to everyone for your thoughts and prayers. Much love. That's cool. I mean, I'm glad you had a child and everything like that. But why didn't you name it Jenny Marty Brotherson? That's the that's really our issue. <laughs> Congratulations. That's freaking fantastic, Mark Brotherson. Wonderful, wonderful news. So another another child of God enters the world. Um, awesome. So as you know, we do service every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, and I am your beacher preacher. But today, I'm not your beacher preacher. We're actually coming live from Arizona. And so I guess I'm your Arizona pastorona. That's what we're going to call it today. Terrible joke to start the morning. But yes, we are coming live from a uh, su- uh, surprise, surprise, Arizona. Because um, I just got the honor to officiate a 50, 50th wedding uh, vow renewal 
for Ron and Linda, a couple uh, members of the church here. And it was beautiful. It was such an honor. Um, Jennifer and I were just so grateful and blessed that you know we got the opportunity to do that. So, and it was a wonderful celebration. Hopefully, they. Um, it seemed like everybody liked it. It looks like I did a pretty good job. So, uh, you know, it was great though. We feel um, just feel like super blessed, and um, I don't even know what to say. Just very grateful that they asked us to do. You know, asked me to do this. And, um, you know, 50 years, guys, 50 years. I haven't even been around that long. So, and just wonderful people. I mean, everyone we met there was just so warm and, and, and just welcoming and loving and had great conversations. And it was just really wonderful. So we just want to say congratulations to Ron and Linda. They're just a great, great couple. So warm. I mean, I, you know, I spoke to Ron on the phone maybe like twice or something like that before we got here. As soon as I got here, you know, I just see the guy, I give him a big ass bear hug like I'd known the guy for 20 years. I mean, I got to say something before we get going here. The Pete, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> let's all just give ourselves a little pat on the back here. The people in this church are freaking awesome. I mean, I don't mean to once again toot my own horn or anything like that or our horn, I should say, but um, it's just fantastic. Everybody that we meet is just so upright and there's just, you know, that that's a couple right there that has a lot of faith. A lot of faith. They, you know, they got great hearts. Ron's got a great mind. Linda is just so full of energy and love. It just freaking emanates off her. And it was fantastic. I almost cried twice during the ceremony, but I kept my shit together. So anyway, um, so congratulations to Ron and Linda. It was fantastic. Thank you for having us. Thank you for, you know, letting us be a part of your day. I'm going to cry again. So anyway, uh, it was awesome. So thank you so much. All right, boy, I got to get my... Ron started the ceremony, or the service today. What's that? He saved the service today. Oh yeah! By the way, I was gonna say Ron saved the service today because I forgot that we're two hours, two hours behind. So I was gonna get my ass up at about like now and then start. But so anyway, uh, so thanks Ron for saving the service. Otherwise, you guys would be here, and be like, "Where's Marty?" So all right, today we're going to talk about. That's right, Hell, Hades, Sheol. That's what we're gonna talk about today. But before we get into that, and we're gonna we're gonna clear we're gonna clear up a lot of misconceptions with a lot of people. Um, so we'll get into that. So before we do that, let's do a prayer. Gracious and Holy Father, grant us the intellect to understand you, the reason to discern you, the diligence to seek you, the wisdom to find you, a spirit to know you, a heart to meditate upon you. May our ears hear you, may our eyes behold you, and may our tongues proclaim you. Give us the grace that our way of life may be pleasing to you, that we may have the patience to wait for you, and the perseverance to look for you. Grant us a perfect end, your holy presence, a blessed resurrection, and a life everlasting. We ask this through Lord Jesus. Amen. All right. Let's do it. That's right. We're going to talk about hell today. See, that seems appropriate after a 50th anniversary, right? <laughs> I, could have, I could have came up with something a little bit nicer, but this is an important topic. It's a very important one. So let's suss out all the misconceptions, all the things that people get completely incorrect, <laughs> things that I heard growing up my entire life. Like I wasn't raised religious at all, but of course I was. I grew up in Wisconsin, so I was surrounded by lots of people, Catholics and Protestants and Baptists and all sorts of people. And this is a consistent thing, you know, it was like, oh, hell is this place of eternal punishment and that sort of stuff. And we're going to talk about that today, where hell is, the descriptors of hell, exactly what it's there for, where it is, and we're going to use the Bible all day long to, um, uh, you know, substantiate this. So 
All right, so the first thing is H-E double hockey sticks, as we uh, said in uh, <laughs> in the Midwest. Most people, uh, you know, these are your classic images of hell, you know. It's like a devil is eating people and there's, you know, people boiling and there's, you know, demons running around and stuff like that. And these are your classic images of hell. Always in the underworld, of course, always below us. And, um, you know, hell, um, am I a little hot here? Hell and Sheol and Hades, there's a bunch of different names for it. But you'll find this sort of conception of, of an underworld, of, you know, a place of darkness, outer darkness, that sort of thing, in many different cultures. Um, I believe that's William Blake there. It looks very Blake-ish anyway. Uh, of course, you see there's like, oh, the glorious throne on the top. And then, of course, the underworld. Lots of images, but you know, pretty much the same sort of thing. Well, of course, we're going to talk about the lake of fire today, what that means, you know, uh, eternal punishment. We're going to talk about all that. So there you go. Some good images of hell there. You know, ooh, ooh, that looks pretty, pretty, hmm, I don't know. Okay, so Sheol. Now, hell has a bunch of different names, and it's actually recognized in a, in a lot of different cultures. So this is not just like some biblical thing, right? Now, the modern understanding of, of hell, at least for a lot of people, I think, uh, comes from literalist Christianity, and that's always an issue. So, um, But, of course, Sheol is the is the Hebrew name. Uh, it's although not well-defined in the Tanakh. Sheol, in this view, was the subterranean underworld. It's always in the underworld where the souls of the dead went, after the body died. Uh, Moses vows that Yahweh will prove his legitimacy by splitting open the earth, so the earth splits open, and his conspirators, uh, right, will all go into Sheol. Uh, Moses sings that the anger of Yahweh is a flame which burns in the depths of Sheol, consuming the entire earth from the bottom up. So once again, hell's below, and there's this idea that then we got earth and then heaven. And we're going to <laughs> this is going to be fun today, guys. Okay. So, um, James 3, 6, there's other passages that you, so there's lots of, um, uh, verbiage and that sort of stuff within the Bible that basically describes hell. It's like the outer darkness, the wailing, the gnashing of teeth, a lake of fire. We'll, we'll go over all of these, but one of them is, um, in the New Testament, of course, we have Jesus, and what does he say? Um, there's a there's a place a place of darkness and weeping and gnashing of teeth. The weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, we just covered this. I think I don't know if it was a couple couple live streams ago, specifically when Jesus represents these, you know, this this place where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. He's specifically addressing people who are there. Okay. And so we see this Matthew 13, 13, 22, 24, 25, even in Luke, it says what? There shall be a wailing and gnashing of teeth into a furnace of fire. There shall be a wailing and gnashing of teeth, a weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And then so who are these people that are wailing and weeping and gnashing, you know, all this sort of stuff? You see it multiple times there. Well, Matthew 24, 51 actually specifically says, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. Well, who specifically were the hypocrites? When Jesus said hypocrites, who were they? Well, they were the scribes and the Pharisees and essentially, you know, anybody that wasn't for Christ in this sense. So, so when they say um, Helen, you know, Christianity is like, ah, the weeping, the outer darkness, if you will, where people are we weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And he's saying, hey, there's specific people that are there. <laughs> I love that. Hades, that's the Greek term. Um, so here you have in the Greek religion, you know, Hebrew. And you'll find this, once again, this idea all over the world. You know, Norse stuff, of course, you find it in um, Egyptian, right? Um, ancient Greek religion and myth is the god of the dead and the king of the underworld. Okay? It's always under. It's always underneath, right? <clears throat> the way of life is to is to 
The way of life is above to the wise, that he may depart from the hell beneath. Um, so I'm going to show a bunch of different verses where it mentions hell. I'm just going to read over these, and then we'll go into it, okay? So, um, therefore, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory, and their multitude, and their pomp, and their rejoice. And he that rejoiceth, rejoiceth shall descend into it. And let him go down quick into hell. What's in hell? For wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. For great is the mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered me, my soul, from the lowest of hell. Always in under the world, always. If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. Wait, what? Psalm 139.8. What is, what's going on here? If I ascend up into heaven, God is there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. We'll get into that. Her feet go down to hell, her steps take hold on hell. For a fire is kindled in mine anger, and shall burn unto the lowest of hell, and shall consume the earth with her increase, and set on fire the foundations of the mountain. The mountains. The foundations of the mountain. There's a hell the lowest underneath. It's going to consume the earth, and increase and set on fire the foundations of the mountain. Okay. It's as high, it is as high as heaven... What canst thou do deeper than hell? What canst thou know? Okay, so look at this top one here. It says, first it says, um, she'll burn into the lowest of hell. It's always in the underworld. And she'll consume the earth with her increase and set fire on the foundations of the mountains. Well, we've already discussed numerous, numerous times through different cultures all over the Bible. Anytime it talks about the, a tree in the center, a cosmic tree, a world tree, that sort of thing. You also have the direct correlation to what? It's a mountain in the center. We have Mount Meru, Mount Zion, Mount Olympus, Mount, you know, whatever. There's tons of different mountains in the center. So this verse here, you can see it says, There's a fire kindled in mine anger, and she'll burn unto the lowest of hell, and she'll consume the earth with her increase and set fire on the foundations of the mountains. The mountains. So you can even see, they're specifically saying where hell is, the, the fire that's coming up, and then the mountains. And we'll go into all of this distinctly. This is Jeremiah 1916 i'm just gonna there's another name for hell um which is in the valley of the son of hinnom to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire there's always this all-consuming fire lake of fire eternal fire that sort of thing that it shall no more be called Tophet, nor the valley of the son of hinnom but the valley of slaughter oh place of slaughter so hinnom valley <clears throat> is um, a valley deep and narrow ravine with steep rocky sides separating Mount Zion to the north. Okay, so we've got a mountain in the center of our creation, Mount Zion's in the north, from the hill of evil council and the steep and the sloping rocky plateau of the plain of Rephaim. So once again, in Hinnom, you have the, the mention of, hey, this is in the underworld and it's there's there's a mountain. There's a mount, Mount Zion to the north. Okay. I'm just going to go over all these so we can set a foundation and move forward. Hell and destruction. This is the place of destruction. Hell is from beneath. 2 Thessalonians, what is it? I think this is 3.8, I want to say. Uh, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. Everlasting destruction. Ever. This is So when you go to hell, apparently some people believe that you're going to burn eternally and that you'll be punished eternally. And this is what people believe that that's, this is what this is saying. That's not what this is saying at all. And this is a huge misconception. Now, once again, I grew up in Wisconsin, and, and basically, you know, I was told it's like, oh, you either go to heaven or hell, and you get this one life, and then if you screw up, 
You're going to go two places. Well, that's actually not what's going on at all. And we'll cover that in just a second. Then shall he say also unto them, on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire. Are your souls burning for eternity down there? Are you as, as a soul burning for eternity down there? Or is the fire everlasting? The fire is everlasting. That's what's it. Hell is an everlasting place. And we'll see why. And these shall go into, into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. This is uh, 46 there. So now once again, we have this notion of everlasting punishment. Now, does that mean that your soul's going to be there forever being punished? No, it's a place where there's punishment everlasting. When you go down there, there's always punishment there because that's what it's for. To clean the soul, but we'll go, we'll go into all of this. So we're, we know... We know as we teach uh, here at the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ what the Lord God is, what those two terms mean, um, and how they're related. So when you talk about the Lord, you talk about the divine eternal spark that's within you. That was given to you by God. That's what animates and enlivens you. That's what gives you life. And God has, in this sense, metaphorically speaking, if you will, but this sense, he's um, separate, divided himself and put a, a part of himself within every single human being. And he is the one, God, of course, he creates everything. He is the one that allowed you to come down here. So he's so we're all in this sense all God's children. He put a part part of himself within you and that's what that's what that's why you're alive. And when you're dead he'll take that back. Okay? So God is the totality of the whole thing. Lord is the singular, total singular, okay? So we understand that God has literally placed a divine spark of himself within you. And this is what these two terms mean, Lord and God. Okay. Now, once again, I grew up in, you know, very literalist, I mean, lots of us did or whatever, I guess, but in very like literalist, fundamentalist sort of Christian world, right? And so where they believe it's like, okay, you have this one life and then you either get it right or you get it wrong. And if you get it wrong, you're going to burn for eternity. And this is what people believe because they clearly do not know what they're reading. So, Let's just, let's just use our rationale. Let's just use our hearts. Let's just use our common sense, right? We understand that God is love. That's what the Bible tells us too. And so let's just, with that knowledge of God being love, let's read this. So according to a lot of, you know, like fundamentalist Christians and that sort of thing, so God divides his essence into divine eternal sparks. He places them within man. And then he places us in a world, as we talked about last week, he places us in a world with no, like seemingly no direct answers, right? It was like, we're placed here. It's like, what is this place? Where did I come from? Where am I going? What's the meaning of life? Blah, 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 right? And so we're a divine eternal spark and we put inside these bodies and we're put here and we're like, oh, it's a big ass riddle. And we get one life to get it right. And this is what a lot of fundamentalists believe. And if you don't get it right, you're literally going to burn in hell for eternity, eternal punishment. And this is what people believe this is saying. I actually had to literally kick somebody out of this church, somebody that had been here, you know, quite a bit because they texted me and they were like, you know what, Marty, I think you need to rethink the eternal punishment. And I said, I think you need to rethink your common sense. Okay. So think about this. God devises his essence he, uh, into divine eternal sparks. He places them within man. You places you in this world seemingly with no direct answers. That's why that's why you guys are here. We're looking for answers, right? And then you get one life to get it right. And if you don't, you're literally gonna burn in hell for eternity. Wow, such a loving God. Oh God, you're so amazing. <laughs> Does that make any sense at all? 
That's if if that's the situation, God is clearly not loving. God is God is a prick. I'll just say it here. Of course, that's not the situation. So God is burning part of himself for eternity. That's the conclusion. So God is like, here, I'm going to give you this one shot. And then that's, ah, then there goes the, my soul. God's burning part of himself for eternity. Does that make any sense? No. Okay. Let's listen. This is a, this is a, hopefully this plays. This is a Bill Burr. Let's watch this. You know, you, you die and then you go up to get judged, right? God pops in the DVD like, well, I don't know about this right here. Mind explaining yourself? This might be the most arrogant thing I say all night, but I actually resent the fact that I'm gonna get judged someday. Like if that's true, that somebody's gonna judge me, like it doesn't even make any sense. It's like, dude, you made me. So this is your fuck up, all right? Let's, let's not try to around on me. You, you give me freedom of choice, you make whores, you have me suck at math, and you don't think this thing's gonna go off the rails? Like, you set me up to fail, and now you got the balls to now question your own goddamn work. Dude, if I made a car, if I built a car and it didn't run, I wouldn't like burn it forever. You evil piece of shit, light it on fire. <laughs> Troubleshoot. Is there gas in the engine? Is the battery charged? Anything beyond this, I gotta get a real man to look at it. But I believe in you. I try and help you out. <laughs> the, the best line is like, if I can't figure it out, I gotta get a real man to look at it. Anyway, so that really sums it up in a, in a comedic sense of like how ridiculous that thought is. Like God made everything, he's all knowing, and then he gives you this one life, and then if you screw up, he's like, you're gonna burn in hell. It's like, you made me, bro, right? And so there's like, with that, you know, with that worldview, there's very good reason to resent God if that was the case. Of course, that's not what's actually going on. So that's what makes it, you know, pretty funny. So anyway, so... Uh, yeah, such a loving God. Oh, I'm going to create you and then burn in eternity. So this is Matthew 25, uh, 25 something, uh, 25, three. Then shall he say unto them, unto the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire. That's the key. It's an everlasting fire. This is a place that eternally exists that when people do their work here, right, on earth, they end up going down there right to go through a, a honestly a process of purification and, I'll, and we'll we'll talk about that and cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness there's another term outer darkness the valley of hinnom sheol hades there should be weeping and gnashing of teeth hmm i wonder who's there hmm. according to according to christ who are the people that are in hell would they would they be the people that are calling people goyim and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divide his sheep from the goats. And he shall set, set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. What is this? This is specifically references to the zodiac. So when you see sheep and goats, okay, this is, you know, in, in this sense, very symbolic and parabolic, words of Christ here. <clears throat> um, left hand path, if you will, are the goats, right hand path, the, the sheep. Okay, well, this is this is your Capricorn, your goat, which is your knees, and Aries, the lamb. So he's separating. Now you understand Capricorn is the in the zodiac. This is the lowest place, right? This is where in 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 this sense Capricorn 
Um, this is when the sun dies. This is when there's the least amount of light possible, okay? Now, on your on your human body, I mean, you could say that our feet are our lowest and that sort of thing, but when you look at your knees, right, your knees your your knees and your legs are connected to your, your in this sense, your the lowest chakra, if you will, the, the lower part of you. So when you put when you get on your knees to pray, you put your knees on the ground, which means you put the goat on the ground. And then you're you're in this sense, you're lifting your spirit, your energy up into what? Your Aries, your lamb, your ram, your sheep. Okay? So when we pray to God, what are we doing? Are we praying to the devil or Satan? We're like looking down. Hey, what are you doing? No, we're we're going up. We're always looking up. We're not we're not praying down. We're praying up because we want to head to heaven. And this is exactly how the zodiac man is set up. Okay, our goats are on the ground. They're going down. And where's our head? Where's our lamb? Where's our ram? Up. And Jesus is going to come along and separate those who want to go up and those who want to go down. <clears throat> and we'll get into the meat and potatoes here. Cast into everlasting fire. To be cast into hellfire. Right? I mean, this, this is used in, in one sense to really put fear into people. So it shall be at the end of the world. <sighs> We just covered this too. So once again, most people look at this. You know, a lot of Christians look at this and they'll say, look, the the the, the whole universe is going to up and vanish like a fart in the wind. All of a sudden, earth in itself is going to go, and that's it. And then there's going to be nothing left. And there's going to be 144,000 of us in heaven and the rest are literally burning in eternal hellfire. Wow, what a loving God. You created billions and trillions and gazillions of people throughout this whole thing called existence, and then you took 144,000 of them, and those are the people that are up there? This is literally what people believe. That's insane. That's insane. So we talked about the fact that there's a difference between the end of the earth and the end of the world. There will be an end of the world. Absolutely. There's been many ends of the world because it's a reference to what? The world age doctrine. That there's a, that there's a pattern, if you will, of a cycle of time, if you will. And this is once again celebrated in, you know, mystical, esoteric Christianity. And she'll cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. There's that wailing and gnashing of teeth again. So, no, there is no end of the earth. There is, earth is everlasting. Earth will be, it literally says, we'll see this in just a second, that earth is going to be here forever. And guess what hell is? That's going to be there forever. And guess what heaven is? That's going to be there forever. The Bible specifically says this. So when God made everything, he made hell, he made heaven, and he made, he made, he, devil doesn't make anything as we know. So when it talks about the end of the world, this is once again the world age doctrine, okay? And that means there's a different pattern of how people live, how, you know, how connected to God are they? How connected to nature are they? How connected to, how, you know, how much love do they have in their heart? That sort of thing, as opposed to how much is the devil working in the world? And this is specifically what it means. So this is the ages of the world, the notion of that the world or the cosmos is a living thing and undergoes undergoes stages of development similar to those of the human individual. Okay, and just it's just like your solar year. There's a time when it's hot and there's a time when it's super cold and then there's in between. Well, accordingly, time itself goes through something similar. And this is what ancient cultures and this is a very ubiquitous, very universal belief. And it's steeped in you and in my and as far as I can tell, you can't understand the Bible without understanding that fundamental. Um, by the way, for those James Joyce fans out there, which is I think none of you, but if you, <laughs> if it's it, um, this world age doctrine is literally one of the first things that James Joyce talks about in Finnegan's Wake. So it says, um, 
River run past even Adams from Swerve of Shore to Benda Bay brings us by a commodious of vicus recirculation. Pico, I think it's Pico, what is his name? Oh, I forget his name. Is Pico uh, Vicus something? I forget his name. Oh my lord, it's totally escaping me right now. It's too early. It's too early. But that guy, one of his, what James Joyce is referencing there in that first line, the first line in, in, in uh, Finnegan's Wake is a reference to world age doctrines. Because the guy that he's mentioning there, one of his key things of his philosophies was touting the world age doctrine. So, literally the first thing you get in what, in what I consider one of the greatest pieces of literature ever written. So, when we talk about the world, look above you. What's going on? We don't need to be very, you know, this is once again... Um, once the, the poetry of our language, you know, the phonetics, just like when we say son and son or Emmanuel or all of those sorts of things, the phonetics are important. The syllables and the phonetics are important. So when we say world and we say, well, what is what is literally the world age that when we talk about like, hey, it's like the, the sun goes around and gives us this, you know, this uh, pattern of the year that the, the, the cycle of time does something similar. And what is it doing? It's whirling around us. It's the world. I mean, this is a, you know, basic connection that, you know, most children can make, you know, it's like son and son of God. Wow. Okay. So world, move or cause to move rapidly around and around. <clears throat> um, and that's exactly what's going on in our stars. So when we talk about hell, hell's going to be there eternally. Yes. Earth is going to be there eternally. It's, it's, it's never going away. And heaven's not, it's not going away either. Who laid the foundations of the earth? That was God. That it should not be removed forever. What does forever mean? It means eternal. So people, there's Christians out there, once again, that are not reading their Bible appropriately and then coming to the wild outlandish conclusion that there's literally going to be a, an apocalypse, like a, the earth will be destroyed itself and then that's it that, or whatever, you know? And then if you don't get it right in this one life, you're going to burn et in eternity. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what it says at all. I create new heavens and a new earth, but the earth abideth forever. One generation passeth away and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. People that say there's an end of the earth. No, no, there's not. This material being, this material plane will be here forever because this is where souls come down here to do their work. Okay. And every soul that comes down here has to undergo that great work. <clears throat> and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. This is once again, just more references to, for it is profitable, profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not the whole body should be cast into hell. The fire is not quenched. This is this place. The fire is not quenched and the fire is not quenched to be cast into hell fire. My Lord, this sounds terrible. And the fire is not quenched. Two feet be cast into hell into the fire that shall never be quenched. When it means it's never quenched, it's eternally burning. It's never gonna. It's just like the sun in this sense. What what what's running the sun? God. Where does you know? Same sort of thing. We'll see. Um, once uh, just a few more here. But thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption, a pit of corruption, underworld. Death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. What's the truth? Christ. For God is. Uh, for if God separated not the angels that sin, but cast them down into hell to hell and deliver them into the chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. Okay, we'll go into all of this. Um, <clears throat> what was I going to say here? Sorry. Oh, yes. Once again, when we talked last live stream about, and we've, we've been mentioning this a lot lately, about where does the, where does the devil come from? Where is, where, and we, we discussed the demiurge. Where does the demiurge come from? Where does evil come from? Where does it originate within you? We, as human beings, are given the opportunity with total free will 
to either go with God and his alignment and his will or go against it. When we go against it, when we ignore it, when we go against it, this is where evil is, con this is, where evil is created. In the mind of man, and, that, and of course, then you can get entire civilizations or groups of people or races or religions that will literally set up a religion to go against God. That's called Satanism or um, Judaism, as it's known in the common vernacular. Anyway, um, so evil is created within you. That's how, it, that's how it works. And God gives you the choice. So are men good or are they evil? They're both. They have the, they have the potential and the possibility to do both. But the tongue of man... Of the, but the tongue can no man tame. It is, un, it is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison, right? For every kind of beasts and birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. So we've tamed all of this stuff in the world, but we have yet to tame our own tongue. Because what comes out of us when we don't align ourselves with God? Evil. This is where it's born. This is where the devil is born. <clears throat> Just a few more, and then we'll get into the nitty gritty. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear them which is able to destroy the, both the soul and the body in hell. Your soul and your body will be destroyed in hell, and then that's it. You're gone forever. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not what's happening here. Okay. Hell, Sheol, by the way, is seemingly described, um, the mentions of Sheol in the Hebrew Bible, is seemingly describing it as a place where both the righteous and the unrighteous dead go, regardless of their moral choices in life. Whoa. <laughs> Damn. So wait a second. So we're all going to hell regardless of what we do here? Is that what it's saying? Let's read this again. Seemingly describing it as a place where both the righteous and the unrighteous dead go, regardless of their moral choices in life. My Lord, God's a prick. My, he, it's like the thing, he puts us down here, no answers to everything. You get one life, you give us horrors and math and you know all this other stuff and you don't think this thing's gonna veer off the course and then if we don't get it right, you're burning for eternity. And then not only that, even the righteous ones are gonna go down there. What is going on? What's happening here? We all go into hell. We all have to go into hell. Everybody. Everybody will go through hell. What do we mean? <clears throat> that is if you're on the hero's journey. Because that's, that's what the hero's journey is all about. When we go to search for light, one of the first things we have to actually understand, and this is what happens with a lot of conspiracy theorists, people, right? They'll go into the world and they'll seek out all the darkness, right? And if you get stuck on that, God, God have, you know, God have mercy on you or whatever, you know, because that will destroy you. If you get stuck in the conspiracies, what happens is a lot of people will go into the conspiracies, go into the darkness, and then they'll be like, wow, it's so dark. If this is so dark, there must be this opposite, this light. And then a lot of, and you know, hopefully if your journey is through conspiracies and understanding the world and that sort of thing, that's what I mean. If your journey is, um, if you're on the spiritual journey, not just some conspiracy theorist stuck on, well, did you hear Donald Trump got arrested, blah, 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 right, that sort of thing, then you'll see all that darkness and you'll go through it and you'll realize that just as the Bible says, there is a, dark, there is a light which darkness comprehended not. Now, God wants you to go into the darkness so that you know that. Not only does he want you to go into that darkness to sharpen your sword, and face beasts and demons 
He wants you to do that so that you can go th- go through that and not have fear. It's like, oh, I see this devil and this demon and this and this. I got my sword of the spirit. I'm going into the deepest, darkest places. And you know what? I'm going to temper my sword. I'm going to become a better warrior. You're not going to scare me. You're not going to fear me. I'm not going to be like shitting my pants because some evil thing comes up in front of me. Nope. <clears throat> this is how you become a warrior. This is how you temper your sword. This is how you go from that rough ashlar to that perfect ashlar. This is the entire hero's journey. And this is why we say, this is why I made it such a strong point to say, those people that are teaching you victimhood here, shut them off now. Shut them off now. Anybody. Listen, this is the one thing that I'll say if I give advice. Shut people off if they're telling you you're a victim. No, you're not. You're a hero. You're on a journey. You're a warrior. And guess what? You and I, we're going to have to go into hell. Good. It's called catabasis. It is a fundamental part of your journey. Catabasis or catabasis is an ancient Greek word. It's a journey to the underworld. It's where the protagonists, the protagonist, the hero, visits the Greek underworld, also known as Hades. Do you know how many, basically all of your classic hero stories are dealing with going in and dealing with some sort of beast, some sort of devil, some sort of dark force, defeating that force and getting to the other side. It's, it's the most, it's, you know, the, the, the pattern of this story is, is so well established. Of course, we know, um, the hero's journey. This is the, you know, this, the basic idea of this. This is your basic pattern. You have to go to the darkness. You have to. We cannot, and why? Because we cannot know the brightness of that light. We cannot know the greatness of God without knowing the depths of evil. And like I've said before, when you go into that evil, right? And you'll, you'll go down and you'll go down and you'll go down. And you'll be like, oh my God, it's just going to get worse. This is called the rabbit hole that people go down, right? In this sense, you go down and down and it's just going to get darker and dark. And then you're going to realize that, oh, there's a floor to that darkness. There's, there's, there's a place where the darkness doesn't go any further. But the light, the light which darkness not comprehended not, that just keeps going and 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 going. And, going. and this is why... Well, you can have pitch black darkness and you light one little candle and next thing you know, whoop. God wants you to know how dark it can be down here. He wants you to face evil. He wants you to look it in the eye and be like, you ain't got nothing on my bitch. You have to face it. We, we talked, um, <clears throat> Dr. Jason wrote me, Minnesota, and he was basically saying, it's like, oh, like, there's all these Christians that are just like, oh, living in bliss, and they're not looking at any of the darkness. And they're just like, well, I'm just going I'm just going to heaven because I've given myself to Christ, but I'm not paying attention to this or this or this or that, anything like that. Well, then I don't know if you're going to be going to heaven because part of it is going into hell. Part of it is looking at that darkness, recognizing that it's here, also coming to the conclusion that that's not what runs this place. That's not what evil and the devil is not what runs this place. God is what runs this place. God wants you to go through that and actually see the light. We cannot know the greatness of God without knowing the depths of evil. This is why Jesus, as we say, he was taken up by the serpent. And we'll get into where, where the, the south end and the north end and the serpent up there and the serpent down there. We'll go through the whole bit. We had Draco that took Jesus up to the mountain, didn't he? He took him up to the high place where he could see all the kingdoms of the world, correct? Okay. So, but Jesus could have just been like, no, I'm not going. <laughs> no, I was like, no, I'm good. I'm down here. I'm like Christ and stuff. I'm like, you know, I don't, you know, every word proceedeth out of the mouth of God, that whole thing. I don't need to go with you, devil. 
devil, he, devils like took him up to the high place. Jesus, when he got up there, he was tempted three times and he said no all three times. He could have said no to the devil before even going up to the mountain. Why did he go up? Why did Jesus go up with the devil? It's, it's such an important part of the story because Jesus had to face the darkness. And he wasn't scared. There was no part of Jesus that was, you know, shivering in his little drawers. No, he's like, I'll go with you. I will walk in twain with you. I will walk in your shoes. I will see the darkness. I will, I will get behind your eyes and see how perverted and distorted and inverted and sick you see this world. And after that, I'm be like, nah, it's cool. I got God. I got that whole light of the world thing I've got going on. So you have to walk with the devil. You have to go into the darkness. You have to see the hell. And the spiritual challenge to you is even after all of that hell, even after all that hell, God is tasking you to see the goodness of people, the goodness of the world, goodness of the, you know, the kingdom of heaven, goodness of God. It's a challenge. It's what earth is here for. Okay, so we talk about this bottomless pit, right? Um, we also talked about the fact that God, um, that, that, oh, we'll get into that in a second. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit once again. And, and he laid hold on the dragon, the Draco, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan. There's no question. They're like making sure you know that this is the devil, Satan, dragon, that sort of thing. And bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit. That's Draco for you. And Draco comes all the way down into the look and goes all the way up. Go, he went down to grab Jesus and then brought Jesus up and was like, you can have all of this. And Jesus is like, uh, if I go with God, I'll have all of it. <laughs> You're a liar. You're the father of all lies. But I'll walk with you because I'm not scared. So Jesus is in hell. Wait, what? Wait, what? That's what it says. Thou hast uh, beset behind me and before and laid thine hand upon me. God is behind me and before and he put his hand on you. Such knowledge is too wonderful me, wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Whether shall I go from thy spirit or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, God, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, God's there. What, what's one lesson? That even when you go through hell, God will be with you. When Jesus was on the cross and he's like, oh, why do you forsake me? What's the lesson? He didn't. He didn't. Even at Jesus's most suffering, pain, hanging on a cross, dying in front of people, and he's crying out to God like, why? He's questioning like, why did you leave me? Why did you abandon me? He didn't. And that's why he rose again. And that's the lesson. Now, we talk about the fact that all things come from God. All, in, in other words, God is the creator of all things. Evil comes from, so you're saying that God created pedophilia and murder? No, that comes from the hearts and minds of man when he chooses to go against God's will. So, what is God, as we know? Well, we, really, words fail, as we know. It's, it's even stupid to talk about God because God is beyond language. God is beyond number. God is beyond divisions. God is beyond, 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 beyond. Okay? 
But what we can say about God, the most we can say about God, well, he's full of love, mercy, grace, beauty, forgiveness, compassion, understanding. It is a glory so great we can't even comprehend it. And he, his love surrounds the entirety of the creation. Everything comes from within him and it's, it's, it's the creation that he made. So even under hell there, under hell, what's under hell? What's, what's surrounding the entirety of this of this this experience and the experience of the, the, the next life and all that? God. Devil doesn't create. So when it says here, oh, even when I go to hell, God's going to be with me. God will be with me. Well, why? Because it's your eternal divine spark within you. He put it there. And then he's going to be like, yeah, you evil piece of shit. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so we will be judged according to our works here, as it says. I will show you my faith by my works. I will show you by my faith by my works. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. You put down here, God puts you down here. And he's and he and of course he's forgiving. He understands that hey, I, I put you in this situation where it's like no immediate questions, no answers to things. And, excuse me, no immediate answers to the infinite questions of this world, right? And then he's gonna say here, here's some hell, here's some heaven. You can go towards love and and and, and community and compassion and all that stuff, or you can go the other way. What you gonna do? Here you go, here you go. <sighs> And then when you're done, as as Bill Burr said, he's gonna pop. God's gonna pop in the the VHS or the DVD of your life and be like, "Oh, see, how'd you do?" Right? And then and then people come to the conclusion that well, if you didn't do well, you're gonna suffer for eternity. That's not what the Bible says at all. You were judged, and then this is one: uh, death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. And whosoever was not found in the written in, written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. It's a lake which is water, lake which is water and fire. Fire, water, huh? Those sound familiar. We'll get into that. Um, <clears throat> and the devil that deceived him was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are. That's where the beast and the false prophet are. Now, just so you guys, well, we'll have to. I, I'm, I'm going to have to skip some of that because we're going to get into Revelation when we finish Matthew, and then we'll we'll suss out exactly who the false prophet is, exactly who the beast is are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Those should be tormented. Are those, are, by the way, is that you? <laughs> no, it's a beast and a false prophet. The false prophet. They're burning. So is that you? No. Is that human beings? No. <clears throat> and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the, and the dead were judged out of it, of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. In other words, this is um, this is the memory of God. This is the Akashic records. God puts you down here. He's seeing everything you're doing. He's watching everything you're doing. He, you know, he's making his list. He's checking it twice, and he's going to find out if you're an audience, nice kind of thing, right? And so then, if you actually do what you're supposed to do down here and live in the fullness of God and things like that, then you'll be rewarded, he's saying. And you'll be written in the book of eternal life. Which means that when you're written in, in this sense, the book of the eternal life, you're not going to have to come back down here and go through hell again. No, you're going to be rewarded for taking your sword of the spirit and going right into hell and being like, you, you're not going to get me. No, no, no. I'm going to walk right into that darkness knowing that there's devils and demons around every freaking corner and I'm going to walk right into it. I'm not going to be scared and then I'm going to walk right out of that. And that's your spiritual quest. I don't want to deal with hell. Too bad. 
It's part of the game down here. It's part of how it works. Okay. Before we get into, so now we're going to get into the real, real nitty gritty. Okay. We're going to talk about alchemy and astrology and all sorts of things. Okay. Symbolism. And, but before we do that, we're, we haven't played this in a while. So, um, we're going to pass the basket around and we're going to play, um, our blind Willie McShakes, uh, commercial. I'm Marty Leeds. Will you be an angel for a helpless animal? Did you know that right now you can help rescue a scared, shaking, blind, and disabled dog? Every day, dogs like blind Willie McShakes go neglected. For less than 50 cents a day, you can help rescue Blind Willie from the bitter cold of the North. If you don't want to be a heartless monster, get out your checkbooks now and secure your salvation. Consider setting up a small monthly donation right now at GnosticAcademy.org. And do not let another blind dog starve and shiver out in the cold. Do the right thing. Give us your money. GnosticAcademy.org I gotta tell you guys, I can't tell you how uncomfortable it is for me um, being like a just sort of like blue collar worker my entire life to ask for donations for what we do. It's, it's, I gotta let you guys know, it makes me very, very uncomfortable. It really does. Um, I've always just been like, no, you, 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 you know, you, I don't know, you earn your keep and stuff like that. And I've always been a blue collar worker and you go and you earn your wage and you help a company and stuff like that. And, and doing this has been, um, it's, it was a, it was a tough thing to do. So for those that do support what we do here, we really appreciate, um, the support. It's what keeps this going. And we've got a lot more uh, in store. A lot of great live streams coming up. And um, our children's book should be out, I'm hoping, next month. Hopefully early next month. We'll see. Um, but anyway, so if you'd like to support the fine work we do here, Venmo, buy me a coffee, Cash App, you can become a subscribe star. And if you would like a snail mail, that's Kevin McNally, N17178, Country Pride Drive, Pembine, Wisconsin, 54156. But soon it will be Missouri. And then I'll, I won't be the beach preacher anymore. And we'll have to figure something out. Anyway, let's go back. Judged according to thy works. And the devil that deceiveth him was cast into the lake of fire, water, fire, and brimstone. Brimstone. Okay, this gets us into alchemy. And we've already discussed this. This is a little review, but brimstone is an archaic term synonymous with sulfur. So <clears throat> there's numerous, numerous, and this I, I make this point very strong. There's numerous, numerous passages in the Bible that there's no way, there's just literally no way you could possibly understand what the deeper meanings of those things are unless you've studied alchemy. Okay? I don't know how else to say this. Um, and this is why we say that the, the book is an alchemical book. It is. This is why they call it hermeneutics. Hermeneutics, the, the folk etymology of hermeneutics comes from Hermes, Mercurius, Trismegistus. Okay? The, the, the fourfold patristic approach in, that we teach 
That's Kabbalistic. There's no question about it if you just do your due diligence and study it, okay? And so this is why we say, this is why we teach these things here, because I want you guys to understand what you're reading. And I want you to be able to pick the thing up and be like, oh, okay, I, I understand what brimstone is and I understand the correlation here, okay? Brimstone is an archaic term synonymous with sulfur, evokes the uh, acrid odor of sulfur dioxide given off by lightning strikes. Lightning was understood as divine punishment. By many ancient religions, the association of sulfur with divine retribution is common in the Bible. So once again, we have this uh, retribution, it's uh, understood as divine punishment, right? In this sense, divine punishment. So lake of fire and brimstone. And this is the, this is the verbiage that they use. Okay, well, this is specifically alchemical, specifically. So when we say the fire and brimstone, this is talking about the underworld. And so, and so this is the Tria Prima in alchemy. It's the alchemical three primes. It's, it's Trinitarian. <laughs> you remember last week when we talked about, it's like, hey, every step of the way, if you guys watched last week, you should, the geometry of good thinking, every step of the way, when you go up that ascended path, up the Kabbalistic tree of life, into the ladder of life, every single step of the way, what are you going to need? Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to need that Trinity. Period. That's how you get to heaven. Alchemists said they, they understood the, the power of the three. So they had sulfur, sulfur, uh, excuse me, sulfur, mercury, salt. Sulfur is the fluid connecting the high and the low, the brimstone. The sulfur was used to uh, denote the expansive force, evaporation and dissolution. And that's what happens to the souls that do not make it up to heaven when, on earth when, there's, when they're judged. We'll get into this. They go below and they... Their, their souls, their body, everything evaporates and dis dissolves. And then guess what? You get regenerated back here to do it again. And you do it again and again and again and again until you get it right. Do you know how many lives we've probably lived? Who knows? I'm assuming like 108 or maybe 1,080, something like that. I don't know. So brimstone, sulfur, evaporation, dissolution. Mercury is the om omnipresent spirit of life. It's Christ. Mercury was believed to transcend the liquid and solid states. It's the transcendent, omnipresent spirit of life. And when they talk about spirit of life, they're talking about eternal life. Salt is what? The base matter. These are cosmological constants. These are cosmological constants. The body is the salt, given the <clears throat> symbolism of pi. The soul essence is the sulfur. And the spirit, the life force is the mercury, okay? Um, these are, these are specific, so when, you know, people talk about like alchemy and they think that like, oh, I'm going to put the mercury, the salt and the sulfur, and this is all like lab work. You know, if you, if, here's another, here's another <laughs> little, uh, point of advice for you. If you have somebody on the web and they're talking about alchemy and they're bringing up mercury, salt, and sulfur, and they're not talking about these cosmological constants, I would say they have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to alchemy. The Hebrew Bible depicted a three-part world, the heavens, and that's mercury. That's upstairs. That's mercurial. Hermes, Mercurius, Trismegistus. The salt is the base matter. That's where we are right now. We're in the material world. What's below? The lake of fire and brimstone. The lake of fire and sulfur. This is specifically, specifically what alchemy teaches you. And these are cosmological constants. It's literally, of course, alchemy is all about the ascent of the soul. Once again, if you have somebody else, that, if somebody that's telling you other than that, they don't understand alchemy. I don't know what else to say. Okay, that's what the science is all about. Alchemy is the ascent of the soul up into the heavens and the base of alchemy is right there. You're the salt of the earth. Why salt? Salt is cubic. Up, down, left, right, forward, and reverse. That's the six directions of space. 
This is um, <clears throat> this is Matthew, I don't know, something, something. Six, I want to say. Uh, five, maybe. Ye are the salt of the earth, it says. What? Literally, this is Jesus speaking alchemy, alchemically. You're the salt of the earth. You're the base matter of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing. You're supposed to savor this life. Remember when we said life is a blessing? Remember when we, we, we I read last week when Pike is like, even through all of its evils, life is a blessing. And to, and to deny that is to deny the, the basis and foundation of God's greatness. God created everything and he said it was good. If you're down here and you'd be like, this place sucks. <sighs> you're the salt of the earth, but if the salt is lost to savor, savor this thing. Wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. What's under the feet of men? Hell. The sulfur. Then it says the next line, but you, you're not, but you don't belong in hell. That's not where you belong. That's not your home. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. What's not hid? What's the city? City means polis. Polis is city. The city on the hill. It's the top. It's the mountain. You are that light. You, right there, you are the light of the world. And guess what's never hidden? Polaris. It's a city that's set on the hill. What's always hidden, by the way? What can we never see? Unless we go way, 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 way south in this sense. Hell? Wait a second. So God made a cosmology where you can always see heaven. <laughs> but even if you can't see the pole star, you're enshrouded by heaven. And you can never see hell. You can't see below you. Think about that. Polaris represents the point in our cosmology where the soul travels up and out of the firmament into total unity with God. And that's what we seek. Eternal life with God. Now, oh, excuse me, here's hell, the etymology of hell. So the netherworld, abode of the dead, infernal regions, place of torment for the wicked after death. Okay, so... I'll wait on that. I'll wait on that. Um, the Old Norse hell, literally H-E-L, um, one who covers up or, or hides something. So covers up or hides something. You can't see it. Hell from the, this is once again the um, etymology, hell or cave, cavern, to cover, conceal. To cover or conceal. So you can't see it. If it's concealed, you can't see it. Well, what once again, what's below us? Sheol. And you can never see it in this sense. So now when they talk about heaven, we've, we've discussed again and again and again that heaven is a place in the north. And they even specifically tell you where it is. This is, you know, this is what we say when we say, hey, uh, this is like, you're the light of the world, a city that is set on the hill, you cannot be hid. When, when the devil took Jesus up to a high place and showed him all the kingdoms of the world, where was he? He took him up to the pole star. And that's where Draco is, as we'll see. Draco, just as in Kundalini, oh, oh. Frickin' serpent goes all the way down and comes all the way back up in the sense. That's the energy of your spine. So we already know that heavens are in the north. We're actually surrounded by the, the uh, celestial sphere. Okay, there's our, our celestial equator. There's our earth. We're in the center on our flat stationary plane. North celestial pole, that's the pole star. Okay, what's below us? Well, that's the southern celestial pole. Has anybody ever seen the southern celestial pole? Maybe. Maybe a few people have. I've never seen it. I've never seen hell <laughs> in this sense. Down there is what's known as a lake of fire. The lake of fire is a concept that appears in both the ancient Egyptian and Christian religions. 
And Christianity is a place of the after-death punishment of the wicked. The phrase is used in five verses of the book of Revelation. Okay, it's a lake of fire. Now, most people see the lake of fire and they see something like this, right? And they see, ah, it's a big lake and it's burning and all the people are down there and they're punished for eternity. Oh, such a loving God. Okay. So let's read where this is once again. And the, uh, this is Revelation 20, 14, and 19 are the chapters. And the devil that deceiveth uh, him was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. There's a devil that deceiveth him. Is the devil a physical being? No. No, it's a metaphysical thing. In fact, we distinctly relate the devil to constellations because that's what you're supposed to do, <laughs> okay? So, and the devil that deceiveth him uh, was cast in the lake of fire and sulfur. Brimstone. <clears throat> Where the beast and the false prophet are. And shall be, they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Why are they tormented for day and night forever and ever? Why forever and ever? Because when you look up into the celestial canopies, you're looking into the metaphysical realms. That's not going anywhere. That doesn't change. It's incorruptible. It's un in unchanging, that sort of thing, right? In other words, what is the pattern of the sun? 365 days. What's the pattern of one day? 24 hours. What is, is, is has, has Orion ever changed? No. No, is the pole star ever changed? Oh no, they make the claim that it has, but as far as we know, no, it's never ha it never has, okay? So, up there is forever and ever. It's the incorruptible realms. It's the metaphysical realms. Those aren't going anywhere. They're beyond the physical. Above and below. The Bible is referencing, as we'll see, specifically a place in the stars. Hell is not some place in your, once again, just like heaven is not some place in your imagination where you have to go into some deep meditative state and ascend levels of consciousness and things like that. No. Heaven is, look up. And what's beyond that dome, as we said? Can't explain it. Words fail. Categorizations fail. Descriptors fail. Numbers fail. Names fail. So when they talk about, when the Bible is specifically talking about hell, they're specifically talking about a place in the stars. It's the southern celestial pole. And that's where the false prophet are and the beast. And once again, we'll get into all of that, the specifics when we do Revelation. So, um, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone, sulfur. Exactly where the alchemy says the fire is. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. Why forever and ever? Because that's, that's where hell is. It's a place that's eternal. It's in the celestial sphere. And they have no rest uh, day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. What is, this what is this telling you? Once again, you have a choice. You can, and there's people on this earth that choose to worship the beast. Okay, so is they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Um, and the beast was taken with him, the false prophet. Once again, the beast and the false prophet are down there who wrought miracles before him, which he deceiveth, receiveth, but censure the mark of the beast and worshiped his image. Those, those, these both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. brimstone. Why, why are they alive in this sense? They never go anywhere. They, they're eternal. The, the patterns of the stars are the, the same. Cancer's, cancer's cancer. Orion's Orion. Aradnus is Aradnus, etc. 
These both were cast alive into a lake, water of fire, burning with sulfur. Okay. Once again, let's go, um, well, we already covered this. These are all the lake of fire. Lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Lake of fire and death and hell were cast into a lake of fire. This is the second death. Once again, we'll talk about all of that when we go into Revelation. So once again, when we talk about the metaphysical realms, what's above us? When we look into the heavens, that is the metaphysical, okay? That celestial sphere is surrounding the entirety of the material world. And so that is the incorruptible. It's the incorporeal. It's the celestial, okay? Now, once again, that heaven or heaven and hell, they're not going anywhere. Just like it says in the Bible, neither is earth. Why? Because God created this whole creation, the entire cosmology for our spiritual journey. The entire thing is literally made for us and our spiritual ascension. Why do you think modern science doesn't want you to know about where you are or what's out in the heavens? We landed on the moon and we got cars driving around in Mars. Why do you think they're doing that? Because they don't want you to know that the entirety of this creation is built for your spiritual ascension to God. End of story, full stop. That's why they don't want you to know. Because then you'll know what you're doing here. Then you'll know the glory of God. Then you'll know that you're surrounded by love. Then you'll know that hell is not some place you're going to burn forever. It's literally the southern celestial pole. And the descriptors of the Bible will specifically show you this. So, what is the lake of fire? Well, when we go once again to the celestial pole, just like when we go to the north, there's the you know, pole stars, Polaris up there. That's that north celestial pole. And as we know, there's a dragon that's circling around that thing, isn't it? And what does that dragon, that Draco represent? The serpent, the devil. And there's numerous, 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 numerous stories throughout the Bible that clarify this. So that devil, as we'll see, that goes down that pole. There's a center pole in the, in the center. There's a center pole in the center. Wow, I'm so profound. Uh, there's a pole in the center of our creation, right? The celestial pole that, that attaches the north and the south. And there's a serpent that's on that pole. Goes all the way down to the lake of fire. Okay, so here's our southern celestial pole. So this is, the, of course, the opposite of Polaris. We're looking at our south. So what you see down there, um, right there, there's number one on the left, and I just made a circle around that. So we're going to point out all the constellations and everything that's going on down there. So there's a big ship that's on that lake. It's also on what would be construed as the, sometimes understood as the river of the, the stars, the Milky Way. So you can see there's a big ship on that. And that ship, as we've, we've shown many, many, many times, is Argo Navis. Argo means ship, Navis means naval, of course, sea, that sort of thing. It's a big-ass ship. And it's with the three constellations put together, it's, as far as I know, it's the biggest constellation. When you put these three constellations together to make up Argonavis, it's literally the biggest constellation in the sky, I believe. And so this is actually a reference, as we know, to uh, Noah's Ark. And Noah built a big-ass boat, didn't he, to survive the floods and stuff. This is all in the heavens. So we have our lake of fire here, and there's our, there's our ship. It's Vela, Pupis, and Karina. And I love saying pupus because I'm kind of a child sometimes. So uh, that, that creates the Argo Navis. And that is your ship. So there's a ship in the southern celestial pole. And uh, there's, there's another. So, and right by that ship is um, two constellations known as Volans and Dorado. Okay? And they're both known as a fish. Dolphin fish, flying fish. They're known as the southern fishes. So there's Volans and Dorado. Right by Volans and Dorado is Reticulum. It, what, what does Reticulum mean? It's a net. It's, it's a net. Now, mind you, 
our cosmology also says there's waters above and waters below, correct? Isn't that what it says? Specifically? And then NASA tells us that they're floating out in space. My lord, you guys are jackasses. Where do you think, who, you know, who do you think they work for? <laughs> so there's a net down there and there's two fish. And this is the, this is the southern fish. There's Dorado, um, his name refers to a dolphin fish. And then it's also known as a swordfish. And then Volans is a flying fish. Why, why is it flying? Well, it's flying around the earth in that sense, but it's a flying fish. So in other words, we go to that southern celestial pole, which is underneath the world, literally. And what do you find there? <clears throat> well, number one, it's water. And then you find a couple fish, a net, and a big-ass boat. Okay, but that's not all. What else do you find there? Well, as you can see, there's the constellation Hydrus down there. And that's given the distinction of a triangle. Hydrus is a triangle. Now, we could talk about a whole bunch of things. Like, this is also a reference to, as we go, as we just as we talk, there's goats down here and sheep up here, right? And you want to ascend up. And then we talk about what's at the base of our spine. It's the sacrum. And what is it? It's a triangular bone. And what do you find at the very bottom, at the base of the entire creation? And and God says we're made in his image. I think there might be, I think they, I think those Christians might be onto something. I think those, I think that good book might be, you know. So right there you have Hydrus. Right across from Hydrus, right for, right by the southern celestial pole, you have Triangulum Austral, Austral, I think is how you say that. What is that? There are two symbols in alchemy. Do you know what those symbols are? Fire. The, the upright triangle in this sense is a symbol of fire. Now you could also say, well, that's depending on how you look at it. It's, well, it's like, you know, it could be fire or it could be water because if you do the inverted triangle, then it's water. And then if you do the ups, upright triangle, then that's fire. So it's really hard to say which one's going up, you know, up or down. So in other words, you could probably say that there's fire and water down there. You mean like a lake of fire? Where there's a ship on there and there's, there's a two flying fish? you guys know i think it's in john god isn't isn't it isn't it absolutely silly how how uh, literalists are how, how silly it is mm -hmm. um do you know the story of um the 153 fish that they caught it was simon peter and andrew they went into a boat and they cast their net and jesus was like hey you cast your net when i say and you're gonna catch a bunch of fish and so then that's what happens and then there's a boat and then there's a net and then there's a couple fish so there's a lake of fire literally beneath us symbols of fire where there's fish and a net okay this is this is these are the constellations at the southern celestial pole so this hydras by the way there's a beast down there and that beast as we'll find out in revelation actually gets its power from another beast which is <clears throat> draco at the very top remember remember at the bottom there's hydras hydras is what hydras means a male water snake so there's a snake in that lake. There's a couple fish, there's a net, there's a boat, and there's a snake in that lake. And it's even a water snake. And that hydrus is connected to hydra. Hydra is another snake that's on the ecliptic. Or it's, it's uh, just below the ecliptic, right? It basically um, travels around the, the uh, roughly the, the, um, the equator, right? Celestial equator. So you've got hydrus down there, you've got hydra in the middle, and then on the top you've got Draco. You've got some beasts up there. And they're connected to one another. Just as it says in Revelation, this beast got its power from another beast. We'll go into that uh, when we do Revelation. So here's, there's, there's your pole. Okay, there's the set. So there's your celestial sphere. There's hell down there. There's Sheol. There's Hades, right? All these different cultures understood what was going on, where hell was. Okay, 
Um, then, so there, down there, you have hydrus, which is a triangle, which is a fire, right? And then that's connected all the way up to Draco. So in other words, what did, when Draco brought, when the devil himself brought Jesus all the way up to the top of the pole star and said, hey, we're going to check out all the kingdoms of the world. If Jesus would have said yes, would Draco have given him all the kingdoms of the world? No, 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 no. Because that's not what the father of lies does. Draco would have grabbed his ass and said, you're going all the way down, son. Going to take you all the way down to where that lake of fire, Triangle Austral, I think is how you say that. Sorry. And Hydras. Literally the symbols of, alchemically, the symbols of fire and water. So now you know this. There's a center rod. Remember, remember Moses is like, ah, oh, the, you know, the brass, the serpent, the serpent and the brass and the rod and the lifting the serpent up in the wilderness. And, you know, just as the son of man must be lifted up, so all that sort of thing. And there's a rod. There's always this rod. What is it referring to? It's literally the, well, number one, your, your, your spinal column, but it's literally the center of our cosmology. So now when we read Old Testy stuff like this, okay, when we read Old Testy stuff like this and it says, for thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Applying thine heart unto instruction, and thy ears to hear the words of knowledge. Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. My Lord! That's just like corporal punishment. He's like, the best thing to do if you want to teach your child is grab an iron rod and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> like, what? What? No, that's symbolic language. Withhold not correction from the child. Make sure the child doesn't have his head filled with trans shit and, and nonsense and NASA and all this other crap that we're filled with in this world. Make sure the child isn't filled with that. For if thou beatest with him the rod, he's not going to die. He'll, he'll receive eternal life. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. So what's at that top once again? That old serpent, the devil. There's Draco at the top. And he's connected to below. Literally in our cosmology. Connected to what? Hydras and Hydra. Water snakes. Now, now, okay, so let's just let's just do a little review and then we'll we'll keep going here. Okay, we got another maybe 10, 10 minutes. So here's our lake of fire. Here's once again, let's go. We're, we're going to look at our cosmology just as we experience it, okay? No, you're not spinning. Yes, this is flat. Yes, that is a celestial sphere as far as we can tell anyway. That's what all the ancient cultures believe. That's what we experience it to be. Everything is revolving around you. God made you in the center of the creation. God put a divine spark within you and wants you to bring it home. You're going to have to go through hell to do that. Oh, too bad. That's okay. That's okay. So, we go to that celestial pole, and what do we find down there? Well, oh, excuse me. We find a ship, a net, a couple fish, the symbols of fire and or water, depending on how you look at it. Those are both the alchemical symbols for fire and water, and we have a lake of fire down there. Now, what does, what does, so we have, when you see a lake normally, what do you, what do you usually see within a lake? Unless it's like a man-made lake, okay? What, what is there? It's a river that feeds into the lake, correct? I mean, you guys have been to lakes before, right? Well, this is the, the River Aradnus. The River Aradnus is known as the Jordan River in Scripture. It's specifically the Jordan River. And the crossing of the Jordan River is symbolic of death in high-flown language. Interesting. 
Jordan is a unique name of both Greek and Hebrew origins. In Hebrew, it means to flow down or descend. To flow down or descend. That's what it means. Well, where is it flowing down and descending into? Well, there's Aradnus, and if you ever see Orion, Aradnus is very, uh, it's pretty faint. Um, we can, I can sometimes see the bit of it um, in winter here when I go out to pee at night. Um, but you, it's really hard to see. But Aradnus starts at Orion, so if you ever see Orion, it's easy to see. You can just, hey, look at his foot. I know there's a river, and that river is literally going down. That's what it's doing. It's flowing down or descending into the southern celestial pole. Well, where is it flowing down and descending into? The lake of fire. There it is. So here you have a lake of fire, literally the symbols of fire and water down there, which is, right? Then you have a big ship, a couple fish, and a net. Not only that, a river that literally means to flow down or descend, and that's exactly what the radness is doing. It's flowing down or descending into a lake of fire below the earth, underneath the underworld, which you're going to have to go into someday whether you make it to heaven or not. Now, what's interesting, let's pay very close attention to what's going on. So, Aradnus is flowing down into that lake. Literally, the very end of that river is a star called Achernar, I think is how you say that. And right by Achernar is what? It's, the, it's Hydrus. It's the constellation Hydrus. That's a triangle. That's what it is. So at the end of this river that's flowing down into a lake, there is a triangle literally right there. Well, this is the Greek letter delta. It's, 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 the, it's the fourth, right? Fourth letter in the Greek alphabet. And uh, it's the symbol of a triangle. And a delta is where the river enters the water body. <laughs> where the river enters the water body, the water flows, decelerates, sediments drop out, and a delta forms depositing a prism of sediment that tapers out towards the lake's interior. So it deposits the sediment and then goes like this. That's why it's called a delta, and that's why it's given the symbol of the triangle. And what do we have flowing into our lake of fire down there? A delta, a triangle. And who is it? Hydras, a water, a serpent water beast that gets its power from what? <clears throat> well, it's, its partner, Hydra, and who does Hydra get his power from? Draco. And the, once again, we'll cover that when we go into script when we go into Revelation. So does everybody get that? We got a river flowing down into a lake of fire where there's fish and boats and nets and and then literally the symbols of fire and water. And then right by the end of the at the end of the river, exactly where you would find a delta, what do you find? A delta. This is, I don't know who made this illustration. Is this Dora? I don't know. Kind of looks like it, doesn't it, baby? Yeah. Um, so there's Dora, and he's talking, and he's showing you down below there. There's a, there you can see there's, there's the land. On the left there, there's water, and in that water is fire. Okay? And then who's right above that? Dora. This guy, my lord. That's Hydrus. That's Hydrus. See him? He's a multi-headed serpent. And that's that's what Durr is. Right there. Now, why is it known as a lake of fire? Why is it known as a lake of fire? Because when... 
How do I say this? Okay, let's do this. You guys remember... How do I say this? Okay. When you're here, there's two there's two forms of baptism, right? There's baptism by fire. Remember this during COVID? Where they, 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 look at these. This is why your churches are cucked. I just put out a video called Your Churches Are Cucked. This is why your churches are completely freaking lost. Because this is what they were doing during COVID. They were baptizing children with freaking water cannons and stuff. And so I put the one down there with the fire on there. Somebody did, I don't know. So baptism by fire and water. So that's what we're, that's what we're told in scripture. There's, there's two, two, baptism by fire and baptism by water. Okay, and this is the this is your symbol of Judaism right there. I mean, it's a symbol. It's not just Judaic, of course. It's a it's a hexagram. I mean, who, who created that, God? So, um, so when you're here, you have to undergo your you, and your and your spiritual quest. You have to do a purification process, and that's what that's what baptism is really all about. That's why you dip your head in a river. You're going to purify in this sense in the Radness or the Jordan River. So what does fire do? It burns away impurities. It, when you you know burn a forest, right, what happens? All of a sudden you got new growth and it just springs up. Okay? What happens with water? Why do you take a shower? Because you want to cleanse yourself, you want to purify yourself. Okay? So the 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 the, the point is is when they talk about baptism by fire and water, those are once again alchemical processes in which you need to purify your heart and your mind. My heart's up here, I guess. My you need to purify your mind, you need to purify your heart. You want to do that. When you're in your salt, in your base matter on earth, okay, that's where you want to do it. Why? Why do you want to purify yourself here, right? And by the way, how do you purify yourself? Well, you have to go into the darkness and not have any fear. That's the first thing you got to do. You got to grab that sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and you got to have the breastplate of truth and the belt of righteousness and the feet shot with the gospel of peace and all of that sort of stuff and the helmet of salvation and all that sort of stuff. You got to become a warrior. You got to take your sword and you got to go straight into hell and you got to purify that self. And you want to do that purification here on earth. And that's why there's baptism by fire, burns away the impurities, and baptism by water cleans yourself clean. That's your spiritual process. That right there. That's six around one, by the way. That's what you need to do here. Why do you want to do it here? So you don't have to do it down there. You're going to you're going to have to purify yourself one way or the other. That's what God's saying. You either do it here and you get baptized in baptism by fire and water. You go through the ultimate purification, six around one to find that what? Divine spark that's within you. You don't do it here, you're going to do it down there. And that's what it's referring to. That's what hell is all about. That's what hell is for in your hero's journey as well as afterlife. And guess what? If you don't if you don't get it done here, right? You don't get all that work, that spiritual work done here. God's going to say, well, you're going to have to go down there and do it. Now, you could voluntarily go down to do it here. Say, well, you know what? I'm going to go into the hell. I'm going to go into the darkness. I'm going to go into the darkness and I'm going to go into the deepest, darkest place I can possibly find. And you know what you'll find there? Light. Because light, because God is everywhere. God surrounds the entire thing. He put a divine spark within you and it's always with you, even when you go into hell. And that's why it says, even when you're down there, I'll be with you. <clears throat> so undergo your baptism by fire, your baptism by water. But guess what? Th that's not baptism. You guys know that, right? Just dunking a child or you under some water, that's just, a, that's just a ritual. That's just symbolic to help you understand 
once again, to basically, um, you know, keep this in your mind that you have to undergo this purification process. So do it here. Do it here. So what happens after death? We have no idea. No one can possibly know. Just as we can't explain what is beyond, we lose the ability to even explain or describe what go, what's beyond. You know, when we look up in the sun, what is that thing? I, uh, a big burning disc or a ball? I don't know. How far away is it? I don't know. Right? So we can't really know. But what are we told by lots and lots of cultures? Well, you know, just as Bill Burr said, D, you know, God's going to pop in the DVD of your life. And he's like, well, how'd you do? There's a life review. Now, man relives, and now this is this is how I see it, okay? Now, this is just my perspective. This is literally just opinion. This is just how I, how I understand this in my mind. When we go through a life review, what happens when you die? Once again, we don't know. But this is what I, uh, this is what I think anyway. This is my, my shtick, if you will. That when you die, what happens is that you relive your life and you get to see all the positive and all the negative that you have done here. All of it. You get to see it firsthand. God's literally going to, he's going to sit by, and once again, I'm just, this is metaphoric and all this other stuff. God's going to put in the right hand and he's going to sit here like this. He's going to pop in the DVD and he's going to see all, all the good you did and then all of the effect of that good. And if you did some evil, you're going to see with your own two eyes all the evil you've done. But not only that, what, what I say is that you're going to feel that evil. You're going to feel that pain. But you're also going to feel what? The greatness and the good that you've done. How other people have felt it. How, when, when, when you know other people have received your love and your kindness and your you know education and all that other stuff, you're going to see that. Okay? Now we can't possibly even fathom that, but that's that's what heaven's all about, a place you can't even freaking fathom. And you don't get any biases or excuses. You don't get to be like, well, I was a dick here, but you know, God's gonna be like, no, there's no excuses. You're just gonna see plain as day what you did. And this is why what? This is why you want to do the most good you can possibly do here. So we get to see the pain we have caused as well as the beauty we have created. We will see all the outcomes from our actions. That's how I understand what happens to us after our death. You go through the life review and God's going to be like, hey, did you climb the rungs of the ladder? Or were, 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 were you cutting them, cutting them down along the way, you know? And this is what the weighing of the heart is all about. We talk about a lot. This is the, this is your life review. This is what the Egyptians said. You know, you go into the and you, you go into death. Excuse me. You go, you don't get, cross the gates of death or whatever, and then you, your your heart will be weighed on a scale between the good and the evil. How good did you do? How evil did you do? And what is it all based on? Your brain matter. Your your your, your no no. It's all about the heart all of it so right on, on the right there you have the 42 principles of the egyptian mat i think everybody here knows a good 42 right we all know what 42 means so on the right there is your feather of mat is the 42 principles in other words god made laws moral laws ethical laws he made his way his way his will that he wants you to follow and when you cross the gates of death he's going to say well how much did you follow it and you and wait, oh, but, but how do we understand what God's will is? I mean, what we're put into this place and we don't know anything. We're not given any answers. How do we figure it out? You use your heart. You go through that process of purification and you do everything with full heart, and you never allow it to be darkened. The epistle is written in our hearts. Why do you think? Why do you think Paul said that? His letter, 
to all of the nations after he went through his whole 180. You guys understand why Paul was a piece of shit, right? And was cat, he was cursing Christians and allegedly possibly even killing them. And then what did Paul do? He did 180. He did a 180, did he not? And then what did he say? This whole letter is written in my heart. It's in your hearts. What more needs to be said? If you can't figure this one out, if you can't figure out that your morality and your ethics and your compassion and your care and your charity comes directly from that scintilla, that spark of the divine that's centered where? In your heart. You can be brain dead. You can't be heart dead, can you? Nope. There's lots of brain dead people around right now. So anyway, um, this is why we teach reincarnation. This is why, wait, but there was that connection that Paul in the Old Testament was Saul. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what it was? The same divine spark that was in Saul ended up in Paul. And then Paul ended up in his life. Guess what he did again? He went on that course of being lining up with the devil. Lining up with going against the will of God, chastising Christians. And then he realized, oh, wait, that's not the way. That's not the way, the truth, and the life. That's not going to get me to heaven. And then he did a 180. Because you're going to need that 180 all the way up, aren't you? Yes, you are. So if you don't get up to the heaven, then... Just as like a lot of Catholics say and or whatever, lots of <laughs> there's lots of religions that say, then you're gonna burn for hell forever. No. Why is it eternal down there? Because it's not going anywhere. It's as eternal as Orion. So if you don't cross when you cross the gates of death and you don't get to the other side, you don't get to heaven in this sense, right? Straight is the gate and narrows way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. If you don't get to heaven, what do you do? In this sense, like in there's a lot of myths where you cross the river river of forgetting. It's the river of Lethe, I think is how you say this, um, an ancient Greek term. And I think there's like five rivers down there or whatever. But this is allegedly one of the one of them. Um, yeah, it was one of the five rivers of the underworlds of Haiti. And it was basically, it means literally oblivion, forgetfulness, or concealment. <laughs> it's con Once again, it's concealed. You can't see it. So what happens? So you, you, you cross the gates of death. If you don't do your work here, and that's why it's so important that we do our work, then you go down, your soul is burned. Your body is burned. You're no longer, you're dissolved, ju just as sulfur says. You're evaporated, just as sulfur says. And then you forget the life that you had before. Then you do it again until you get it right. What happened to Paul? As far as we can tell, once again, there's no way you could possibly understand some of the some of the key, you know, like once again, why Elias and John and who, who's Emmanuel and well, it's Genesis. It's what does it talk about? Um, replenish the earth. Wait, that means it was plentiful. Saul and Paul, you can't understand a lick of that. None of it without reincarnation. So Saul, he fucked up, pardon my language, went below, was dissolved. His soul was dissolved. Then he came back up as Paul. Then what happened? Oh, he started the same shenanigans again. Started lining up with that devil again. And then he figured his shit out. And he's like, oh no, I got to do a 180. I got to get back to, I got to get to Christ. 
And then he became what? One of the greatest prophets ever? <laughs> and people, people rip on Paul because they're like, but he was, he, he was like cursing Christians and stuff. Yeah, that's like a key part of the story. My Lord. <laughs> His redemption arc was 180. Ovid Metamorphosis includes the Lethe, the river of forgetting, as a stream that puts people to sleep in his work. The Purgatoria, this is the second uh, cantica of uh, Dante's Divine Comedy, the Paradiso. Uh, Lethe is located in the earthly paradise atop the mountain of Purgatory. The mountain of Purgatory. Oh, there's a Purgatory. This, where is that? It's below. This piece written in the earth, uh, early 14th century tells of the, uh, Dante's immersion in the Lethe so that his memories are wiped of sin. That's what happens. The Lethe is also mentioned in the Inferno, the first part of the Divine Comedy, as flowing down to hell from purgatory. So, once again, um, there's, there's just no way to possibly understand some of the key you know, stories of the Bible in, in, until you bring in reincarnation. And this is why I think it's, you know, uh, it's, it, you know, it's really sad that, you know, people, there, there are people that literally believe that thing that Bill Burr says. It's like, you get this, you created me, you made whores and you had me suck at math. And then after I screw this whole thing up, you know, you're going to curse me. You created me, right? Well, you know, and then you're, you're I'm going to burn forever and eternity after one life. I mean, my Lord, what a sick God. I do resent that God. Well, good thing that's not God. Good thing that's just a terrible, terrible interpretation of the Bible. That's all it is. And then that's taught as freaking dogma. That's why we started this church. To clear up such freaking nonsense as that. That's no loving God. That's no God I want any part of. Luckily, that's not God. Luckily, that has nothing to do with what the Bible is actually talking about. There is a place of eternal punishment. But you're not going there for eternity. There's a beast and false prophet down there, yeah. That's not you. So, so I hope we all learned something today about where this lake of fire is and why you should not be worried about burning for hell, in, like eternal hell and stuff like that. My Lord, put that garbage out of the mind. Thank you, my love, my Lord. So, all right, I'm just going to finish with this. I'm just going to finish with this. And then, um, so what do you do here? Um, There's a Cherokee proverb I love. When you were born, you cried and the world rejoiced. Live your life so that when you die, the world cries and you rejoice. Why is the world crying? Because my Lord, he did so good. God, she was so amazing. All right. And once again, if you want to get up to heaven, you're going to have to be a good bard. You're going to have to get some good wings and you're going to have to be a good bard. Okay? <laughs> and if you want to become a good bird, you can uh, become a good bird over at Subscribestar. Uh, you can become a Phoenix bird, an Aquila bird, a Cygnus bird, or you can become Tommy the Pete, my bird. That's right. Good old Tommy. May he rest in peace. There is no hell for my Tommy the Pete. That's for sure. He's a good bird. Uh, if you'd like to send a donation, Venmo, buy me a coffee, cash app. That's what keeps us alive. That's what keeps these things going. And we've got a lot in store moving ahead. We're going to finish up Matthew. We're going to do Compasses and Square. Um, there was a few more I had that I completely forget because I got up too early this morning, but we'll figure it out. So snail mail, if you'd like to send even just a letter or a, just say hello or whatever, uh, snail mail, Kevin McNally 
17178 Country Pride Drive, Pembine, Wisconsin, 54156. But soon we're going to be Southern Birds. We're going to fly south and we're going to become Missouri Birds. So um, I want to say thank you to all the people that um, that supported. Um, <clears throat> we, have 38, we have 38 good birds. Love you guys. Um, this a uh, few um, donations, donos from last week. Larry Latempio, thank you so much. Shannon Seal, looking forward to seeing you guys uh, Monday or tomorrow. I guess it is. Yes, I guess it's tomorrow. It is Sunday, um, and so that's great. So we're gonna visit a couple more uh, uh, people, members of the church tomorrow, which is great, and and. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So, Jared Martin, Lindsay Chapman, Matthew Malilio, Deborah Stille, The Styles, Michael Shucknick, thank you so much. J.M. Grassi, Daniel Hager, uh, Scientist1791, and Billy Christie. Uh, Mark Brotherson, congratulations to you and your beautiful wife. So awesome. May she be blessed. May she have a wonderful, love-filled life. So amazing. Um, Cade Hearing, Herning, Truth Seeker, 20. Alicia Crawford, 50. Thank you so much. Allison Flynn, Jackie Traverson, Auntie Jake, love you guys. Love you too, Auntie Jake. Uh, Jared Poole, you are so generous. Thank you so much, Jake, Jared Poole. You're, you're, I think Jared Poole is keeping this thing alive. So thank you so much, Jared Poole. So much gratitude. Andrew Masonette, this is for Blind Willie McShakes. Yes, yeah, someday, <laughs> someday he'll get some, some eyes. Uh, Virginia Murray, Truth Seeker for Blind Willie. Always good to see you, Mr. Truth Seeker, Mr. John. Uh, Eric Kulsell. Thank you, Marty and Jen. Much love, Eric C. Much love to you. Someone, someone, if so, if you buy a coffee, please put your name in there so we can thank you because we always want to thank everybody that we can. Please look into the Age of Aquarius. Apparently begins on April 15th. I believe I, I got it from a trusted source. Peace, love, and rock and roll, Marty and Jen. Thank you so much. Thank you. I will look into that. Crystal Rose bought a coffee and fed up gear. Your mentality controls... Your reality. Life is a blessing. Boom. Well said. Fed up gear. John Gaggett, uh, you're a perfect 10. Marty and Jen, $10. Thank you so much. Matt Rhodes, $5. Keep it up. NGA, happy Sunday. Thank you so, so much. Small Axe bought four coffees. Another great one, Marty and Jen. Favorite few hours of the week. Much love. Thank you. I, we love what we do, and we, we want to continue to doing it. And um, I know we're providing such a good service. So thank you all uh, who support. Um <clears throat> We do let, let you guys know uh, this is brought to you by Content Safe, BitChute, Rumble, and Odyssey. If you if you're watching it on BitChute or Rumble, thank Content Safe, and we're streaming every Sunday to YouTube, Rockfin, and Odyssey. You can also get this at the Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac app. The Sunday sermons are on there, and uh, if you guys get a chance, I am going to be a speaker at Music and Sky. It's called the Gathering. It's in Cuyama Valley, California. Never been there. But um, good people going to be there. Uh, Dr. Bear Lando, Kelly Brogan, me, Ellen McCusick, uh, Alex Zach, Melissa Zell, a uh, bunch of people. Uh, it's going to be good. So if you are in California and um, you you got some cash and you would like to stop on by, it's like three days. It's a big festival. There's food and all this sort of stuff, music and all that sort of thing. So it's going to be really good. So if you guys do get a chance, music and sky. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me um, may you always keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. May his grace be with you all. Amen.
All right, guys, I will see you next week, and I don't exactly know what we're going to do. I do want to do, um, it's going to get very mathy. I'm just going to let you guys know it's going to get very, very mathy, but I want to do compasses and square, and then I also want to do, which I've done before, but I want to revisit is one on heaven and earth, and, you know, describe heaven and earth, and then some of the math and stuff like that around um, the verbiage in, in English and what that connects to, and I know John Trufsika, he knows what I'm talking about. He's, and when I saw him, he's like, my Lord, that's amazing. I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, we're going to listen to a song, and dang, I don't know what the name of this is. Hopefully it's on the graphic, but it's called Lake of Fire, and I just found this on the web, and uh, so we're going to play it. So, all right, guys, I will see you next week. Oh, and we are going to do Tuesdays with Marty, I think, um, in Denver. We're going to be traveling, and so when we're at the airport, I think we'll do Tuesdays with Marty, and uh, maybe just an hour, and um, so we'll just chat or whatever, and it'll be good. Ask questions. If anybody has any questions about this or anything like that, we'll we'll go into it. So, all right, guys, thank you so much. Thanks for everybody that's watching today. It looks like we had a good crowd today, which is great. I uh, really appreciate it, okay? Guys, I, I love you very much. You guys are fantastic, and thank you for supporting this work, and thank you for being here, and thank you for your attention and your and your, your just everything. We, we just uh, can't say enough, okay? All right, guys, let's do it. I'll see you on the flip side. As always, many blessings and much love to all. It chilled me as the fire burned hotter. The words that cut me sharp as a knife. I'm gonna put out the fire with pure clear water that flows from the throne to the tree of life. 
get away from a devil's doorstep and pray that he Real life, so I made.